This episode is brought to you by Podomatic, the easiest way for podcast fans to become podcasters. Go to podomatic.com or search Podomatic in your app store to start your own podcast for free and find your audience. Hello and welcome to episode number 354 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back after our fun little jaunt of uh, covering Black Mirror over the last few weeks, which was such a delight. Such a joy. Uh, yeah, to sort of take a step back and away from the from the horror film world and, and see one of our favourite TV shows, Glorious Return. Um, and it was so glorious. Like I'm still thinking about it. I, I already can't wait to rewatch certain episodes. Yeah, um, sure. I want to watch some of the older stuff as well. Yeah, I only watched about yeah, three prior to my rewatch. Yeah, I didn't watch too many um, though, so I would like to go back and because, like, yeah, stuff like Shut Up and Dance I've not seen in ages, and Playtest and Nosedive. There's so many that I would love to see. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely get to them. And yeah, there's 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 a lot of TV to discuss anyway in the future. Um, but we're away from TV this week. We're back in our Ooh. bread and butter, as it were, back in the new horror world, um, a, a horror world that is unbelievably quiet right now. Um, I know. Where is the horror fronts. world? Like, you know, come on, horror. It's are we, bizarre. Are we that scared of Insidious? Come on. <laughs> Are we that scared of just everything? I mean, in general, the box office is really on its ass right now, and we've seen multiple rough. big movies, yeah, come and flop. I think, I think the Indiana Jones movie is not doing great, but I know that the, that new Pixar movie absolutely bombed, um, and it's crazy to see these kind of like, you know, back. You would never expect most disney films let alone a pixar movie to not do well um mm. and it, there's just been a few other ones that really haven't so i think it's interesting coming in july there is big heavy hitters with obviously mission impossible and oppenheimer and even barbie so like there's there's big films coming um and i hope it wakes up the box office because yeah we we need films to do well as we as we're always saying but it's been a quiet year obviously not just for film but especially for horror um We've barely had anything to cover for a while, and then even looking at the news, there's just nothing to talk about. We started um, off strong like this year, but it just seems mm. to ride up massively. Like I think like January and February was pretty consistent, you know, and we were hitting cinema and you know had a lot to talk about, and yeah, it's just been very quiet. It absolutely was, and that was why we didn't get a chance to you know dedicate a specific show to The Last mm. of Us because there was so much to talk about around that time. Um, but yeah, since then, you know, in the last, I'd say, month or two, it's just been so quiet. And yeah, there's a couple of upcoming and, and hopefully as we get into the, you know, latter half of the year, getting towards Halloween season, hopefully it'll pick up. Because last year, you know, the Halloween season was was crazy. So hopefully it's like that. Um, but yeah, as far as the news goes, again, it's extremely quiet. There's only one news item this week. Um, and it's one I just put in here because I know you will be very uh, excited to hear this. And one that is definitely of a relief to me as, as someone who is about to commit to this at some point. Yeah. Um which is that the the TV show from um, has been renewed for a third season. Um, I'm just happy you're is... putting from in the news. Like you know, <laughs> it, it feels like you're accepting it into your life, which is which is an important step to make. I have been for a while. Like I say, I'm 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 never been more convinced. Like I will absolutely watch it. Um, it's just a matter of when, not if. Um, and I'm sure that when will be probably quite soon because there just isn't much to watch um but uh this is a massive relief it's mm -hmm. my biggest fear about tv in general and commit into a show that has a obviously singular narrative that's told over multiple seasons like this show is um yeah. and but even more so when it's a random ass sci-fi show <laughs> which yeah. i gauge no sense of how many people are actually watching it and it's on a channel that is I'd never even heard of prior to the show existing. You know, that's ticking all the boxes yeah. of it's get also, ready to be disappointed. You know, as a as someone that's seen it, like, you know, it's ambitious and it's mm. out there and it's not just like gonna give you this conventional story where like yeah, you know, I I finished season two now and like um I just get more questions every episode. You know, it reminds me 
so much like lost in that way where I'm just like, oh, okay, I've just forgotten about some of this other stuff because I now have new questions, but I don't, I don't have any answers. Like it does remind me so much of, of lost in those ways. Like one of the shows like post lost that reminds me of lost the most for sure. Um, just in that respect of just being like, yeah, there's just so much crazy shit going on. And I do enjoy majority of it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's purely intentional. Like even as someone who hasn't watched it, I can see, the essence of it all over this obviously there's cast members in it there's a lot of people behind the scenes that we discussed before Mm -hmm. that that make this um even the title you know being this ambiguous four-letter singular word like aside from calling this thing found i don't think they could have been more on the nose with the title to evoke lost Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i'm i'm very much excited to watch this but yeah this gets me you know very excited because Yeah. yeah i do i am extremely fearful like i'm not even saying that in jest you know i do get very worried for these random tv shows and it's something that is you kind of just you know watching chucky that's one of those things you have to just kind of throw to the wayside because we're such big fans of it and just expect the worst at every case and i fully expected it after last season um you know a quality aside as well like i expected that after every season of ash versus evil dead and um i'm so thankful that obviously chucky is returning this year and so yeah this is great that um i'm you know i don't know much you know i don't know anything really about the story and so like i don't know what they're thinking this is gonna be you know are they Mm. just gonna fully go lost and be like yeah it's six seasons or or is this gonna be a smaller thing because i think this day and age shows are more um aware of not overstaying their welcome yeah so they, i want they know to be like a four finite. season thing yeah i mean yeah. you know i think with with from um you know season season two ended with like a, a pretty a pretty decent cliffhanger where i desperately need more of it and it definitely kind of you know it's it's a lot like how lost did things where you know you suddenly think man they're going they're expanding things, you know, and that that's a worry when you're not greenlit for a season three. You know, it's what we always laughed and said with like Ash versus Evil Dead. We were like, well, that we knew that was done. When we watched that finale and he's in the future, we're like, that that's done. <laughs> like, they ain't got the budget for that. And, mm. um, you know, and that's what we always laughed about. Like, I don't think we've ever spoke about it that much on, on the podcast, but like 4400 was a show where like, they came up with the gnarliest, like, biggest, like, it was basically, uh, there was going to be a huge civil war. And the, the the TV, like, you know, executives were like, we'd have probably given you a season five if you were just going to, like, chill at the compound again. But, like, we ain't, got, we ain't got fucking civil war money. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We can't blow up a city. They're like, no, you're cancelled, <laughs> you know? And so when you do mm. go large, you got to be... You, you know that that is ballsy and um so yeah i'm really happy that it has got renewed yeah like again it's hard to gauge with these things in general because I, I just don't think social media or even people talking about it's a good general sense with these things you know the, that's such a small echo chamber of people kind of parroting the same thing that it's very hard to gauge how successful shows are in this day and age um but you like to think that a show like this on a channel which yeah mgm plus like i don't know any tv show of noteworthy that they've ever produced (laughs) so the fact that this is something that is getting people talked about and i saw that like stephen king and stuff have talked about it like that that, that's good signs Mm. that it's being talked about in good spaces and so you'd like to think that even if it is you know like what a lot of channels and different distributors do they might even take a loss on it and be like well this is putting us on the map for now and then we'll have this going forward to invite more viewers in in the future where we can actually make some money so yeah this is great this is great news all around and yeah I'm, i'm looking forward to to finally starting it um but yeah that is it for the news this week like i say there is fuck all going on in the horror world yeah, there's like apparently we're probably getting the Saw trailer in July. That's that's that yeah. was like almost in the news, and it's like come on, that's that's not news. But uh, that will be a, a fascinating one when we do get that, which I'm sure we, I, I'm pretty sure will be in July. I don't know whether so... I can go through it with you again. I'm not gonna lie, like you know, it's a well, it's lot. Like like it's a lot for you, but it's a lot for me mm. just to like be there for it. Really, you know, the highs and the lows, you know. 
have to. Yeah, it's just you know, lows now, unfortunately. Well, no, but it's the it's the false highs and the lows. That's no. what it is. I'm in I, my post grieving my post grieving sore fandom at this point. I mean, I hope so. I hope so, but I don't know whether you can ever truly get there because it's the hope that kills. You know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's killed me now because I I I don't think there's a trailer the they could that is. would get me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, I know. just don't see them releasing a trailer that's going to get me jazzed i don't i cannot see it especially with how much i hate trailers now anyway yeah. coupled with the fact that and most trailers are terrible and i don't watch many anyway whereas i will make an exception obviously for saw because it's so noteworthy but like i feel like it's just gonna annoy me <laughs> it's just gonna put me in even worse a mood before seeing it so yeah if chris um, in the trailer then i don't care exactly um yeah that's just oh, what a nightmare that's gonna be this october looking forward to it can't, can't wait, wait. Can't <laughs> i mean that is probably one of the only big notable movies we've got for the rest of the year so we better save for it um because it's just a load of possession bullshit other than that but uh oh yeah we're, we're very excited for the future of horror this year um we shall, we, shall we discuss we <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah on another note it's seven years it's this week's film <laughs> it only took us seven years but we've finally become what we hated all of the pissed off jaded horror fans in this yeah. world like it we finally got there um <laughs> we did it guys see you later <laughs> yeah completed it um but yeah let's talk about malum So yeah, as I as I just said that as the intro, I feel like that's absolutely the first time this has ever been spoken about on this podcast. Yeah. Um, not even in the intro, it was just like, let, yep, let's just go straight into this, and we'll figure out as we get along. I mean, um, I mean, that's literally what I did this week, and um, you know, <laughs> I I do sometimes like my first question is just like, where where do they come from? Like, yeah, that's what I love. And I, I always have like somewhat of a backstory, which is funny because um, no, normally it's like, you know, there'll be ones that I'm vaguely aware of or there'll be like a Candyland that was on my radar from from Fright Fest. Um, yeah, because there's a couple like there, there's a movie called New Religion that's just come out that was at Fright Fest last year that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah, so that was another one that was on the potential. Like an easy like, you know, they're, they're on the uh, they're on the radar. Yeah, and it's funny because this does have a, a somewhat link to Fright Fest, which we'll get to, but it's not of that much relevancy regarding this film. But um, yeah, the reason why I heard about this movie is uh, going back to our good and trusted, this didn't let us down last time, um, an article on bloodydisgusting.com, um, <laughs> which, uh, yeah. as a reminder, is the sort of world's biggest uh, horror fan site i guess news site review site whatever you want to call it um and they posted an article four days ago which was the 10 best horror movies released in the first half of 2023 um which i immediately clicked on for multitude of reasons like i was fascinated to see what they would cover especially because of what we've been saying and how quiet it is yeah um you know we've kind of both said and like i definitely feel like there's probably only three movies that i would like really highly recommend at this point and i think it's bold doing a 10 best movies at the halfway point in any year but like this year especially that's an incredibly bold thing to do in my opinion um and I was expecting stuff that we've seen, like Outwaters and stuff, which wasn't on there, funny enough. Um, but of the ten, five of them we had already covered. So obviously, you know, half of them are gone straight away. Um, another one was Bo is Afraid, which obviously we haven't got to yet, but we hopefully will at some point. Um, another one was The Blackening, which is out at the end of August in the UK. So again, it's oh, yeah, not available to us. Good yeah that looks funny mm. um so that just left kind of free films and one of them is a movie called sisu which looks like a more action orientated film like this did come out to cinemas over here but it, it was kind of like a world war ii r-rated kind of it looks fun but it just didn't really look that horry but maybe we'll get to it um and then so that kind of left two other films and, and the, both films i'd never heard of um so i was like oh okay i'll just pick one of these at random basically um and yeah, this was the one that, that we went with, um, Malum, which uh, the the slight Fright Fest reference is that this is a 
Apparently, this is a reboot slash reimagining of a 2014 film ah, called Last right. Shift, okay. and which is kind of done by the same guy. So the same mm. guy who wrote and directed this did that film as well, which I'm assuming it was just like on a much smaller budget. Um, but that movie premiered at London Fright Fest in 2014. Um, and uh, yeah, then he obviously, I'm guessing, like I always wondered um beforehand i was like okay what does that mean but i didn't want to look up too much and then i have looked up a little bit after the fact because there's there's certain scenes in this that are kind of on a camera um like in the universe camera like a you know camcorder Mm. that are very sort of low budget looking and i wondered if those were the ones that had kind of been pulled straight from it um and it was like and that would make sense storyline wise if it was set in that Mm. period which we'll get to but it seems like it's not. It seems like it was. It was this. It was about what, which we'll get to in the plot about a you know a police officer on their own doing this quote unquote last shift. Hence the name of the original film in this sort of police this station that's like being moved. Last shift slash first shift though, like very strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why they change it slightly. Yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, we don't we don't know anything about that film. We've not seen it or anything like that. But it, it's not relevant. It's one of those like oh yeah, it's it's part of it and. I'm sure there are cool nods if you care about that thing, but this is very much its own standalone thing. You say that, but I do find it fascinating because I think, like, you know, I I, I saw it after I'd seen the film and I was like, oh, okay, Mm. was this, like, in a different language and then has been, you know, changed for that reason or something like that? But it's just, like, it just seems like Last Shift was made on an incredibly small budget but was incredibly well-received. And mm. so then, you know, this just seemed like it's pretty much just a remake with with more money behind it, and like, yeah. I, and it, and it, and I do find that fascinating because you know that that doesn't happen that often. You know, I think if a filmmaker does a great indie movie, then they then they try to you know make another movie with the bigger budget. But you know, clearly he loved this idea so much that he just wanted to give it you know the budget that he's now got. And and kind of you know I do find that fascinating to see this like you know almost evolution of a movie idea in in you know his own mind, um, mm. you know making the you know effectively the same movie twice. I know it's a different name and everything else, and there are yeah. nuances to it, but but you know bare bones, it is the, the same story twice. i do think that's an interesting point like i say you don't see it too often it does happen occasionally Mm. um where i have seen it where it's like a guy has gone back and revisited their own work and like i say it wasn't a language barrier problem it was it probably was just a budgetary reason and being like okay now i've got you know more experience i've made more movies let's go back and revisit this thing but it is i do find it strange Mm. because i'm like you did that and you've kind of moved on in the last nine years i don't know why you wouldn't just do other stuff and he's done loads of other stuff since then as well um so like i say it must have just been like a passion project for whatever reason um but yeah what is what is this movie malum about uh yeah so (laughs) um basically yeah a rookie cop on her first like seemingly first shift as a police officer um Mm. gets asks to do kind of uh yeah, the the midnight shift on the, at this abandoned, soon to be abandoned police station, and kind of we we know why from the opening of this movie, where basically um, there's this huge cult in town, and her dad, who was a police officer, was responsible for taking down the leader of the cult. What was his What was his first name? It was like because because it, it's is it John Mallon? Was it the dad? No, uh, no, oh, the, you know, so hence the title of this movie and he takes down the cult and rescues these three girls and is like this, this hero. And then a few days after the, the, the capturing of Malum, um, he then goes on a murder spree that the, the police officer dad goes on a murder spree in the police station and then ends up putting a, his own shotgun in his mouth. Um, and so kind of um our lead kind of uh is it jessica i think yeah um she is basically it's weird really like i was gonna say following her dad's footsteps but it just feels like she wants answers so she's decided to become a police officer her her mum, who she is fairly estranged to she doesn't call her mum. uh you know she she's 
very distant with her, hasn't given her answers. The police didn't give her answers. So it almost seems like she wants to kind of take this shift and be there in this police station where it all happened with her dad to, to try to get answers. Um, and we learn in the opening of this movie that um, the whole town has kind of gone to shit. There seems to be the, the cult seems to be kind of causing chaos in town and they, the police have moved to a different facility and this kind of police station is kind of almost abandoned. It is just a hub that is being kept open temporarily. And so she's there on the midnight shift on her own. And uh, yeah, I guess shit starts to go down. How much of it is mm. real and how much of it is in her head is the, the big question really of, of the movie, I guess. Um, yeah. Hard to unpack it. Um, yeah, I mean, I had to chuckle when I first started to synopsize it because it does make me laugh, like this whole first shift thing. Because do you, do you, did you get the impression that this was literally her first shift as a police officer? Because it is weird, right? Because they did. The, she's very much coming across like a rookie and like she's trying to learn things. So yeah, it's it's it was unclear. Because she's at, um, she, you know, she's, she's at home. She's reading the police like. How to be mm. a police officer handbook. She's kind of going to see her dad's grave and being like, "Look at the uniform. How does it look?" So it it really yeah. felt like her first yeah. day. But then I'm like, you know, do they just issue a squad car and a weapon, like deliver it to your door before your first shift? <laughs> you know, I've always it's you just know, crazy coincidence as well. Yeah. Like that she if she's somehow just been able to become a police officer on the night that you know this this All entire police station's and, being shifted yeah. on like where where obviously this crazy thing happened with her dad like it's just an insane coincidence yeah. so i don't i don't know if it's necessarily her first shift or if she's just incredibly new to it all like within yeah. the first month or two it always made me laugh with uh, resident evil 2 you know that i was like how did leon mm. get a car yeah you know like it's his first day on the job where's where the car come from i don't know you just get given the keys don't you keys badge and a gun right well, yeah, when you get to the police station, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought you just turn up in your jeans and like, yeah, I'm here, I'm in fine, <laughs> like, all yeah. uniforms that way, you know, Did, you know, didn't expect you to like pull up in the car park with a fucking squad car. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've, I've, never, I've, never, I've never thought about it. I love your ability to think of these like minutia things. I never <laughs> even thought about like with your whole fucking synthetic penis argument last Mate, week, um, which that, I'm just saying out, out of context. Don't even explain it. But I love oh, that out of context. If you saying, didn't listen to I'm it last just, week, <laughs> I'm just the synthetic penis argument was a was a very crucial part of that episode. Oh, it really is. You know, uh, I guarantee you now that if I ever meet Charlie Brooker, there'll only be one thing in my head, and it well, shouldn't yeah, be that because there's. there's because there's a plethora of amazing things i should ask him about nathan barley or black mirror but that'll be the question for sure <laughs> yeah yeah if we ever get him on the podcast rest assured that's that question will be answered well it'll be asked um, yeah <laughs> it'll hang up yeah probably probably yeah but, you know, totally worth it um but yeah. yeah i mean going back to this movie uh what did you think of Malum? yeah it's such a weird one like it's <sighs> We'll get into it overall, but it's sadly just like so many indie horrors that we cover that I feel like starts off with such promise and then slowly devolves into a lot of the same conventions that you see time and time again. Um, because I do think like the opening five minutes was kind of crazy how much shit happened. Yeah. Um, you know, being kind of introduced to the cult and being introduced to what happened and then like an insane jump scare, which like is one of the best I've seen for so long when yeah, someone when gets he, shot in the face out of nowhere. Yeah, when he did that, like, I wasn't expecting it. You know, they're no, in mid-conversation about, like, a date. <laughs> and, and then suddenly, yeah, just, like, boom. And, yeah, like, the, the, it definitely hits you in the face, the opening. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, I really liked the way that panned out and stuff. And so then you're like, okay, then you introduce to the to the daughter and it is very on the nose with a lot of this like you know it's the anniversary and i'm stepping in their shoes and all that and you know visiting the grave and you kind of see like the the symbol of the cult on the back of the of the tombstone and all over the town and stuff um but i was like in it like and, and when she's kind of being introduced and there's like this really annoying asshole cop who kind of doesn't help her in the slightest and so then she's like on her own um and it's kind of slowly cooking and it's it's interesting because i'm 
I'm so just I love cult shit so yeah. much. Like it's such an easy win to get me involved in your film. I have such a low barrier and sort of low bar of quality when it comes to that stuff. Where like if you just show me like a relatively creepy looking dude who's just slowly quoting like Bible verses, like I'm so in straight away. So when we see just some of that, he was the most uncreepy, was... slightly creepy dude though ever. Like, oh, yeah, like, definitely. like it, the the lowest bar ever. Like, you know, absolutely. The... This is one of the worst I've seen, and I was still like, oh yeah, this is all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I mean, like, but... if you like this, you're like any fucking cult. <laughs> definitely like and so i was like okay that's kind of cool and i want to know more about why the cult is and stuff mm. and and then you kind of just get her and it just evol- devolves quickly into her just sort of running around the police station you know very similar to something like the boogeyman where instead of you know kids in a house it's just a woman in a police station and she's kind of aimlessly going from room to room and then there's there's some kind of poor attempts at jump scares you know it very quickly goes away from the very fun interesting um one that happened you know at a left field early on to just some really poor and generic ones i'd say there's one other good one in the first 30 minutes um in the kind of cell that she gets locked in um which i thought was very cool um but then it just very like outside of the first 30 minutes and then it does just evolve into you know running to this scene oh there's some random screaming face and jump scare and then it's like she'll close her eyes and she'll open them and now she's somewhere else in the police station and it's it's just so disorientating and it's so hard to figure out like early on it just felt like everything was in her head and yeah it's clearly not because there's more stuff going on where like the town's gotten more crazy they're targeting this police station because they've moved out of it and there clearly is stuff going on but at a certain point, you just, I anyway, I just stop caring because I have no sense of telling what's real yeah. and what's fake anymore. Like, it's just impossible. Like, she's watching these old tapes of um, interviews um, of when they arrested, obviously, the cult, which is interesting. But then weird shit starts happening to them, which is so, like, unexplainable in the world. You know, like, there's one where it's, like, it's showing her now, like, a shot of her watching the tapes. And then it's, like, you know, a vision of her getting up and smashing some evidence or whatever. And and it's just, like, at that point, I can't trust anything that's on screen. So it's all nonsense. And and a lot of people will love that shit, like, because it's just surrealist and there is really cool imagery and stuff. But I'm what we've shown time and time again with the show is that it's just not my type of film. And, and again, what, what I opened with is kind of it does just evolve into a lot of those conventions that you see with so many indie horror where it it has a premise and, but then it doesn't have a story or characters after that. And it just uses a premise just to get across random scenes of horror. Um, we saw so many movies like that girl on the third floor was identical to this. Um, where it's like starts off and has like a character and some story. And then it just immediately goes to like running around a house and random shit happening. And people really like that one as well. And, you know, we've seen at least two or three that would fit that bill at Fright Fest specifically as well. Um, which again, just aren't our cup of tea or or I speak for myself and say, it's not my cup of tea. You know, I want to know what's going on. And like when you're throwing in, like she has this connection to the coal and there's like the mom that's hidden stuff. Like I want to be able to dig into the characters and dig into the story and figure shit out. But I think the movie's not designed that way. It doesn't want me to do that. Like it, it almost doesn't care. It's like, that's the frivolous side stuff. But the main action is supposed to just be like, oh, isn't it crazy that there's now a hooded figure running towards her with a gun? But then when she screams and closes her eyes, it disappears. I'm like, I, I just don't find that interesting. Even if some of the gore and, and special effects are like really, really impressive um, and really well done, it just lost me. Um, and it's one of those movies that, again, it's 90 minutes, but it feels so much longer because from the first 30, which I enjoyed, that last hour was just... It, to me, it was just the same routine over and over again of like, these are, it's a fun show reel. It's technically proficient, but my God, is this boring to me because none of it has any impact or weight whatsoever. Um, so yeah, it, it completely lost me after the opening act really. And it, and it never got me back. So I, I ended up just not having a good time with this one. And it's like I say, it, it's a shame because this just feels like, I feel like we've seen this movie so many times, this exact type of movie um and i really want to try and avoid films like this because i just feel like i'm never going to see one of these that i love 
so it's pointless me even watching them at this point mm. where it's like oh yeah weird surrealist indie horror that's just gonna have a bunch of random shit that's just not my thing i just kn- i know it isn't at this point so i need to stop watching them um so yeah it, it, this one wasn't for me unfortunately yeah i'm i'm right there with you i think um you know exactly um what you're saying when it gets into this kind of realist just kind of you know imagery and nonsense and you know you don't know what's real and what's not um it becomes i I just instantly switch off and just can't care about anything because i don't know if anything's real um you know i I was i was the same like the, the opening scene i still found the opening scenes of the movie as shocking as they were a little bit disjointed and that did have me worried because they are like really quick imagery and like all this chanting and weird stuff going on. And, mm. um, you know, you see this like chair with the symbol and then, then you cut to something else. And, and, but, but I did, you know, when, when we actually got the scene with the police officer and like him, you know, shooting people and doing this massacre, I was like, shit, that was pretty intense. And then I really wanted to know why, you know, I really wanted to yeah. know the, the why behind it and kind of, you know, was he turned? Was he always a member? Was he brainwashed? You know, what 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 had happened to, to make him do that? And, you know, there are little moments in the movie even like late, later on where they kind of say that the, the the people who he killed didn't kill. He didn't kill them. They hung themselves and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, hang on. Like, OK. But the, like you say, the movie just doesn't care enough to really give you those answers explicitly. It just wants to chuck a lot of shit at the wall and just let it be, you know, because I do think, as you said, you know, we don't like these sorts of movies and I'm watching this one and I'm like, do you know what? If I don't like this one, I don't think I'll like any of them like this because I Mm. did, I did enjoy like the, the way this looked visually. There's some great effects in it. There's some great like monster effects, gore effects, Mm. you know, and, um, you know, there was like towards the end, this like demon that was like that ended up chucking his face at her and stuff, and like that was like you know almost like Cenobite ish. You know, there was a there was a hanging scene that was incredibly brutal that that looked really good. That like you know mm. she had like her fingers in the rope and they were getting like severed as the rope got closer. Like that was that was pretty gnarly. But I just. Like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, man, this looks insane. But I'm like, I don't understand what is going on. You know, I think the hand and the hanging one in particular, where I was like, I don't know who this girl is. I don't know why she's being hung like this. And I don't know why the rope is getting tighter. But like, it looks insane. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like the opening scene where it's like the police officer gets shot in the face, like, oh, that looks insane. And I get what's going on. Um. So, yeah, I just don't think I can ever enjoy these sorts of movies where they just go so obtuse like that. And, you know, when the movie ends, I'm like, um, you know, was any of this real? You know, was her mum there at all? These three girls that were the victims that got that, that her dad saved, like, has the cult killed them? Has she killed them? Were they ever real? Like, did they die back then? Are they still alive? Like, you know, I don't really know. Um, and I think like the movie wants to go, wow, well, you know, any of those, who knows, eh? Mm. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. I just can't, I can't be doing with it. And, um, you know, I think, I think that's what this movie is aiming for. And I think it executes that, but I think it is just me holding my hands up and say, I just can't do this. Cause yeah, I was, I was bored for, for about an hour when, when this just started but as soon as she's in the police station and she starts just seeing shit and I'm just like, Oh, okay. It's going to be one of these ones. And it kind of gets more and more obtuse as the movie goes on. And like the whole time she's talking on a radio to the other, the other, um, mm. uh, police building. And I'm like, well, this is just clearly bollocks. Like it's clearly yeah. bollocks. Like she isn't talking to another police station. Like I, I almost like wasn't sure whether the movie was going to end, and the, this police building was condemned, like really badly condemned, and she'd just been in yeah. there like going insane, thinking it was still active the whole time. Like, yeah, and I just, 
Yeah. I feel like it needed something like that, actually, to kind of tie it all together. Yeah. Where, like, if it was just her going in, and it's like she looks, you know, really rough. She's more like her mum, where she has mm. just been, like, an alcoholic that's gone crazy. And it's like, of course you didn't become a police officer, and your first day on the shit. job was, the, you know, like, yeah. all of these perfect things that would have made no sense. They it's like give out yeah, cars for the first shift. So that would yeah. be the first exactly. morning. <laughs> about the biggest question that clearly everyone asks when yeah, they watch this film exactly that, that's <laughs> the problem you see the movie starts and i'm like how did you get this car I'm like well it's clearly bollocks <laughs> clearly bollocks like, and then, yep, and then you, just you know really. <laughs> for, for the next hour and 25 i'm just like well this is all clearly bollocks they don't give a police car out first day so how did you ever enjoy resident evil 2 well, they've never asked the question to now, and now I think the game is shit. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm completely with you. Like, it's this is a type of movie that I just wish I was into this stuff sometimes, so I could have like a. I'm not entirely sure wider... whether Leon steals that police car. You know, does he actually rock up in it in the opening, or does he? You know, I don't know whether he's, he's not actively police, in it. I think he just gets in one. I think he's just a con man. He's just a con man, isn't he? Like, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, the thing is, right, if there's a global, like, pandemic of of zombies, you know, why be who you are now? You know, Mm. it's it's way better to be like, no, I was a fucking police officer. Like, yeah, I need a gun, like, and a badge and some authority. Like, you know, you don't want to... That's what these that's what these shows have taught us over the years. You know, you've got to reinvent yourself quickly, and that's what Leon did. He's a hustler. Mm. You know? Um but anyway, back to this movie. Um <laughs> th- this this is what it made me do though. Like it did make me just start to think about other things when I'm watching it because I just it, 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 when you're showing me nonsense, I'm gonna think about nonsense. That yeah it, like attitude. it's really hard to pay attention because there's nothing to kind of um kind of solidify your thoughts on of like early on i really wanted to know why what was going on with the cult what actually happened with her dad you know what's her mum hiding from and stuff but just very quickly the movie throws all that shit away in, in just favor of like oh it's all mental shit and mm. And I know we just keep saying that Beleaguer in the same point now, but it is just like I, I do in some ways wish I was into this because then I could give a more nuanced opinion on whether it's a good one of these or not. Because to me, they're, they're all so similar. And, mm. and I can break down, you know, what, what you said perfectly about like this does have so many technically brilliant stuff in it. De- definitely the effects and gore are, are above standard, I would say here. Yeah, like some of, you know, those. The ones that you called out in particular, I think, are all incredibly well done. And I think if you showed them out of context, they are so impressive. Mm. Where you're just like, oh, yeah, just show this strangulation scene. It, it looks fucking that, crazy. That's one of the craziest um, kills. Like, it's it's one where, like, mm. you know, we do best kills of the year. This this one will not be in my head because it just means yeah. nothing. But, like, mm. visually, like, you know, it it looked crazy when the fingers, like, got snapped and then the rope just, like, disappears in her neck. Like, it's really, really violent. And yeah. I, I don't I don't even understand where the rope's coming from. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't even know who this person is or why she's, you know, what's going on. Um, no, because it's just all kind of make-believe well, silliness she's, at that She's point, one yeah. of the girls, that, the, one of the three girls, isn't she? I think so, because that, that was when when it the one part when it slowly got me again with the story, which again it was so frustrating because yeah. it was told to us via the phone. Yeah, which was when and, we and I was totally were... well, I was I was totally with you of like the second she started having these phone calls, I was like, well, these phone calls are, are bullshit. Like she's not having communication with the outside yeah. world and these other police officers because they're her only connection to to sanity. So I already knew that was bollocks. So when they said like, oh. Yeah, the three people that were saved that night, they've all been reported missing tonight. For a second, I was like, oh, that's cool. If they are trying to, like, make good on what Malam's promise was and they've now re-kidnapped them all and they're maybe going to do some sort of anniversary killing at the police station, like the, the, the you know, the, the rest of the followers that didn't get arrested or whatever. Yeah. But then, like, that was told to us in such a way that I didn't trust that, again, I didn't know if any of this was real or not. So I couldn't get invested in that because that would have been a cool finale for this film that they'd set up if it had been, like... It, let's mm. say she's like actually not seeing as much crazy shit and that was her mission that yeah. she was having to now 
basically do what her father done and step in and but obviously not go crazy this time like that would yeah, have been interesting the, the whole, but... kidnapped these three girls they'd gone to the police station and they were trying to kill them and she was trying to stop them and it was a cat and mouse mm. and kind of you know backwards and forwards that way and everything else and that's what this movie kind of is but then they'll yeah. just be like a monster jump out and then she wakes up and she's in a different room you know the whole thing with the the you know, you mentioned kind of half an hour in when she gets kind of stuck in the prison cell. Like, that whole bit is just bollocks because I'm just like, she gets shut in, the door's locked, she sees all this weird shit, then the door's just magically open. She kind of falls through that, the door. That really annoyed me. Then, then, she just, then she just appears in another place. And I'm like, is is the, the, the homeless guy even in the cell anymore? Mm. Like... You know what? What is going on? And yeah, and and that's that's where I felt with just so much of this, where I'm like, you know, was he there ever? Was the mum there ever? Was mm-hmm. you know the three girls there ever? Like, did she take the three girls and her mum there and kill them? And we just saw her being insane, you know. And I think, like if yeah i know we keep harping on about it but i think if you're into these type of movies they're the things where you're like yeah exactly what was it yeah cool and Mm. i'm like yeah i just fucking hate that you know so and that's why i think it executes what it wants to do and i think if you're into this stuff you could be like okay yeah it's just so ambiguous and like yeah i think you know and you and you come up with these different scenarios for it but i'm like no i just like and i just think that's the way i've gotten as well like the older i get the more I don't like to sit and like, I know we do it often on the show, but I don't, I don't like always sit there and like want to just come up with theories and everything else. Often when I sit and watch them, I've realized that way more when I've watched the recent screen movies where I'm like, Mm. we'll talk shit about them beforehand and try to come up with theories. But when the movie's on, my brain is just like, I just want to be strapped in and go along for the ride. And I don't, and it doesn't wander often. Um, and I just want to be entertained, you know, and I just, um, I don't want to be asked these questions and stuff. And, and yeah, and I just, that I think that's why I don't gravitate towards these at all. Yeah, I think it's purely just a taste thing. Because, mm. like, like say, for, for us, a movie like Sick earlier this year was perfect because it wasn't trying to do anything crazy or, mm. you know, you know have all this like weird surrealist shit it was purely just a cat and mouse slasher game which we're so into and so you can just you can enjoy it you watch it you know all the stuff that's happening is actually happening and and that's all it is whereas yeah i think a movie like this will work for so many people and has clearly a vast audience and it's just not us in the slightest and it's a shame because i want to be able to look at everything and i feel like even with the possession stuff um you know, which for, for for a genre that we have lambasted for so long, I do feel like I can at least see the good in that. Um, and I have, you know, I have examples of stuff I can point to that I've enjoyed within that subgenre. Whereas I feel like whatever this is, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything that, I, that I've liked. And it's the only thing that's even close, which is so funny, because I said this before with these movies, is that I feel like a bunch of filmmakers grew up watching the shining and they took all of the things the in my opinion the wrong things from that movie and kind of made their own takes on it and we're seeing that now where it's like i love the shining but i don't think i've loved a single movie that would probably point to the shining as the inspiration for their said film um mm. which yeah is is bizarre but yeah as I far think, as recommendations I though, go i'm just gonna say though i think like it is fascinating because i do think like a movie like the shining has stuff that are clearly in people's heads and then you have like you know the 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 shit that's actually happening that's real as well you know and you and you kind of know where those two worlds are and they do dilute a bit but like the, like a movie like this it just goes off a cliff instantly for me where i'm like no everything's now bollocks i don't know and i think it is just that time jump where you're just like you have so much time where shit's going down that it's clearly not real and then you flick back and they're just somewhere else altogether and you just have no clue then of what what is real anymore i completely agree with that and that would be probably why i love the shining but i totally see where yeah the inspiration all these people yeah i know i see from. the inspiration because it's just because you know 
the thing is with modern day films everything's pushed to the nth degree mm. so like subtlety doesn't exist anymore so everyone's like oh yeah remember that bit where he walks down and he sees those guys with the fairy masks on it's like let's just make a 90 minute film of that yeah. and, we, and we've seen that multiple times and it's like yeah that was fun for 10 seconds in the shining and so like i think that's where it definitely comes from is just you know not having restraint yeah, and, and all of these other things that is that is missing for sure mm. um but yeah. but yeah, for me, I, I I can't possibly recommend this for my own taste um, because even though it had obviously an interesting setup, for me the last hour was was pretty boring and like I say has so much merit from a technical aspect from a, but from a, an enjoyment from a film enjoyment standpoint, there was nothing for me. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. You know, I think it is just. Um... I, I I didn't enjoy this. I had I was pretty bored throughout. And yeah, as much as I have to tip my hat to to you know the good that they did, I have to just realize how how in the moment like I got to a point where I kept pausing the movie to see how long I had left, and the time didn't change like three times. Mm. And I was like, I think I'm just going to be stuck with 13 minutes left in this movie like forever yeah i i couldn't i couldn't get it any lower like i kept watching it and the, the time wasn't going down and yeah you know uh, the old time police might be like oh here they go again but it is you know it is when you watch something and you just like you need to get it done and you want to just finish it because you're not enjoying it and yeah it just took forever so yeah i, I don't recommend it either unfortunately yeah, sadly, uh, sadly, I missed that one. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion of Malum. Uh, we take a quick break and we will be right back. Sierra, I, uh, I did have something else to discuss mm -hmm. this week, which is much more exciting. Something that I've been meaning to talk about for a while now. Um, didn't have the time until now. Um, but yeah, I'd mentioned it before in passing on the podcast that I was reading a certain novel, um, which of course was The Scarlet Gospels um, by Clive Barker, um, which I have now finished. And yeah, for people that don't know anything about this, this is obviously Clive Barker, the esteemed british author who obviously wrote the hellbound heart which he then adapted into the amazing hellraiser he um, then, then spawned just just yes know, very <laughs> exactly you know, very important point for a lot of uh you know um people out there that that try to make out like you know he didn't make the movie yeah, and it's just, it's it's preposterous. But yeah, and then obviously spawned the franchise, which was all sort of brand new material after that point. Um, and the, the actual franchise itself has obviously existed in comic books, and he's kind of flirted with it in that realm. But then, mm. yeah, he kind of finally made his, his grand return in 2015, which was so recent. Ago, I remember yeah, that long ago, man. Like, I can't believe that, movie, that book's been out eight years. Yeah, well, that's what's crazy now. But I remember at the time, like, hearing oh, yeah, about it and yeah. being like, oh, my God, after all these years, obviously. Um, and Hellbound Heart being, like, such a small, obviously, it's a novella yeah. um, from 86. And it was, yeah, it was such a small book. Um, whereas this is, like, a fully-fledged, like, nearly 400-page novel yeah, um, that is kind of, it, it fills in a lot of the gaps. And it's, it is a sequel, you know, a direct sequel to that book. Um, and it's it brings in Harry Damore, who's kind of, I think, from his Books of Blood series as well right. um this kind of detective because he's in a lot of his different um other books and comic books and stuff um but yeah this this for me was like a dream because you know i love hellraiser so much and Ooh. i've always wanted more good shit in hellraiser and i had to go to a other avenue that as we've discussed time and time again isn't one of my favorite avenues for let alone for <clears> entertainment <throat> or, or storytelling um but i'm so thankful that i did because i think this is a story that obviously as of right now only exists in this form um i don't think it will ever exist in any other form I and i think can. even if it did <laughs> yeah if it did it'll be so unbelievably compromised um because i can't think of it whether it's film or television or anything else you can think of i just don't think this story will work in any other form i think it's ridiculously ambitious for what it is you know it's most of it's set in hell um but it's also set with these insane landscapes and creatures and desolate wastelands and 
all of this crazy macabre stuff that if if something that requires an insane you know you're talking like upwards of a 50 million dollar budget you then have to make it marketable to the masses and this is a you know hellraiser story it's filled with the grotesque and it's filled with people doing awful things to each other in almost every scene mm. um so you wouldn't be able to put this on any sort of major label you know you you could not have this on netflix like no chance um <laughs> and so it's it's fascinating to have finally um have read this whole thing because i absolutely loved it i thought it was exceptional from start to finish i think clive barker is an author his like his, the way he describes stuff i think is second to none that's like for me his biggest thing that stands out yeah. across only reading just these two books is is his descriptive terms and like setting a scene well, well that's what i was is really also just the way for describing the macabre you know throughout this movie throughout this movie throughout this book there are so many violent scenes and so much violent imagery and the way he describes it because you know i've spoke about it on the podcast before that you know with a book for me quite often i'm reading a book and it's just blank faces you know i I just don't like picture this this vivid image in my mind and so often i like to read stuff that is stuff i've seen so then i'm like oh okay cool i know what harry potter looks like now sweet let's read the book you know and i'm just that's just how i work like i just don't necessarily like that's why i don't read a you know a ton of books but when i read this i was like man like the the image in my mind is vivid what it is and and like the way he describes hell and the way he describes some of the buildings and and all of that like they're 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 seared into my brain like i have seen it on screen Mm. which is which is very unique yeah it's awesome for that reason like and i'm i'm so glad to kind of see you know the return of the hell priest and seeing this fully fleshed out version of this character that was obviously so Mm. literally Mm. used in the first Mm. novella and for kind of them to be the star of the show and and like people should definitely check out just the opening of this book if you're not even going to read the whole thing because it, i think it perfectly encapsulates like like what you just said describing these grotesque acts and, and really fleshing out this world and the the lifting feeling of just every room and the architecture and all that stuff um it's crazy i i loved it i would say it's probably like my second favorite book i've read after nosferatu um by joe hill because uh, that's that was so impressive to me but i'm so glad like I say, I read this because I really don't think that it will be anywhere else and it'll be done justice. Um, and that's definitely something that I want to continue. Like, I'm going to continue to read. It'll probably be at a very slow pace like I did this one because, like I say, it's just Ooh. very much down my list of priorities. But I was looking at kind of stuff to, to next go to and it was like, oh, should I do Stephen King? But it's, there's probably just too much Even there. Fun. and yeah well that was the thing like i my biggest takeaway after this is i've i have probably read like a dozen books in the last few years but it's always been either non-fiction or it's stories i already know Mm. and whilst that is fun to see different forms it's i'd much rather have something like this turning page to page and not knowing what's going to happen is obviously the most exciting thing you can have so like i've for example my biggest kind of crux this argument is i really want to try and read lord of the rings that to me that's like a bucket list thing that i want to at least attempt to read lord (laughs) of the rings because of how much i love it but again it's like i know that story you know it's going to be different of course from seeing the films but like i know you know hobbits and middle earth so like i would much rather read something completely fresh and that's why nosferatu was so exciting and yeah you already mentioned it but like stephen king for that reason was kind of out because i think all of his major stories have been adapted and so it's like yeah you're always going to get stephen king adaptations so then it was like okay do i go to another clive barker or, or do i go back to joe hill and obviously he's only done four novels joe hill um two of them i've read and then one of them is horns the film which obviously i saw the film of and then the other one is the fireman yeah um which was his kind of like post-apocalyptic big epic and that was the last one like many many years ago yeah so i think that'll be my next sort of major one but the one i have already picked up which i will get to because it's so little is a this is like a short story that um 
was released prior to the Scarlet Gospels um, called Hellraiser the Toll. And it's based upon a story by Clive Barker, but he didn't actually write this. It was written by like his long-term editor, I think, called Mark Allen Miller. Um, And it's only like 60 pages. So it's a very small story that ties the two books together. I know it features Kirsty, obviously from the Hellbound Heart. And and it's basically the precursor to where the Hellpriest gets at the start of the Scarlet Gospels. That's cool. yeah, because I wanted to check it out and kind of complete it. Because, yeah, that was, I was so ready for more. Like, Scarlet Gospels was amazing. And I was mm. like, oh, I want more of this. And obviously the case is it doesn't exist. Like, this is the only one true novel to feature these characters. Um, and like I say, there are comic books that he's been involved in. But they are a different canon. Because, like, each one has different things of, like, oh, here's, here's if the Hell Priest, you know, won and conquered Earth and all these different scenarios. Yeah. Whereas I love that this was, like, the one true canon that had these three books. So... Um, yeah, I'm done, definitely gonna read like, that. That's the thing. It, it's so oh well yeah, done. So, so complete. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. It's such a complete story of it. You know, it really is the the true pinhead story that we've always wanted. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like there, there will never be anything else after this. And I think if he did go back on this, it would it would it would be a detriment to this. It, yeah. amazing- because yeah this the scarlet gospels is the one true sequel he's like fine i'll finally do it and i think he did it for the fans which is so exceptional as well cool. but like clive barker has so many other books as well that i've i would love to read obviously there's yeah. like um the one that he adapted into nightbreed and stuff like that but uh the cabal um but again it's like a story that i'm more familiar with but he has plenty of books you know original books that i would like to check out but yeah i think it would be it would either be one of those or it probably would just be the Joe Hill one. Cause like seeing as I've read all the other ones, it, it would make sense to do like the one fully original story of his that I'm, that I'm not familiar with. And because I've just loved everything Joe Hill that I've read as well. Um, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. The fireman is really, really fantastic. Like I think, I think, yeah. you know, I have zero doubts that you'll love it. Yeah, exactly. I think he's got another short story collection as well, so I could get mm. to that at some point. But I would definitely rather have, like, say, a meaty novel because um, Nosferatu was amazing. I read his first one, Heart Shaped Box, which I remember enjoying at the time, but I'm very much struggling to remember almost anything that happened in it at this point. Mm. Um, it's so funny how this whole fascination started. It started with Horns. Like, I saw the movie Horns, and I loved it so much that I wanted to read the book. And I went to the library, and they didn't have Horns, but they had Nosferatu. Yeah, and then and that was that was where it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah then i read my favorite book of all time just because they happen to have it there um which is crazy but uh yeah highly recommend this obviously if people are are into the books i'm sure you'd have already checked this one out and if you haven't for whatever reason and, and you even remotely like th- this would be the one that i'd want to speak solely to hellraiser fans as well like if you're like me the long broken hellraiser fan like you owe it to yourself because to me it goes you know things that contain pinhead it's like the original hellraiser movie then it's reading this book like those are the best two experiences you can have with these characters um and then you watch hellraiser 2 and then you probably stop um because <laughs> those are probably the only three things you need to do um yeah you don't right. even need to read hellbound heart like i'm glad i did but it's you know it's that first movie like they they adapted it perfectly um mm. so yeah that would be my recommendation for sure um but yeah it was a great time and it's nice to do something a bit different even though it's been it's been quite on the movie front so it was nice yeah. to get to it and it's been a, an insane year for video games as well but uh always nice to check out the books like um, sometimes you gotta do things a bit always, different you know yeah i like mixing up every now and again that's why i don't want to dive straight into another novel because this this was one that i've been reading for about a year so i you know i read things very slowly because i just don't you know prioritize it like i do other forms of entertainment um but this this hellraiser short story that i have like i say i'll be able to finish this in like a couple of journeys um but uh yeah i'll I'll definitely pick up one of the main ones in the future um but yeah that is uh pretty much it for another week we're we're actually got some films to talk about coming soon which is always nice for a film podcast um yeah yeah it's nice isn't it so yeah we're back in the (laughs) cinema soon um <laughs> anyone know um, address the elephant in the room what's that the, the, the movies we've got to go what see the, the film cinema. is no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, well, i'm pretty excited to be back in the cinema watching a horror movie then and that, if that's the case exactly let's just let's just focus yeah, on the positive love, love um, in the cinema. <laughs> me too me too um always great time um and then we're back on netflix because there's that bird box spin-off is out the week after that which i'm like really? excited that's, for that. that's the thing that um, actually came out is coming out it's coming out yeah um i know there's a trailer out but i just have zero interest because i know we're going to be watching it um 
but yeah i'm i'm excited for that it's such a weird thing this like spanish spin-off of bird box all these years later so i'm, I'm curious what the hell that is mm. like i want netflix to come back with some more stuff like that you know some weird interesting stuff so uh yeah films on the horizon to talk about which is good stuff um but yeah that was episode 354 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone I never could, how could I start that?